Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. We're facing the difficulties and the things that come up, and sometimes it doesn't feel like we're making difference. But I want to assure you this morning that as a godly mother, you are making a huge difference. The other side of the coin is maybe you have struggled over the years. Maybe there has been uh, situations and circumstances in your life that you've struggled in motherhood. I want to I um, help you and encourage you to, to know that it's not too late. You can still have influence. I, I don't care if you're a grandmother in this place. Your life can and will make a difference. Can you say Amen. There is, you know, God's promise is that that's his promise to us is that if we will follow his way, if we will do what he says, that our lives can actually make impact. Do you know your life could change a whole generation? Amen. Amen. Is, is that possible? Absolutely. It's happened over and over and over again. I could tell you this, you, are, you right now are being impacted by my mother's life. Amen. My mother's been in heaven for 20 years, and I could tell you this, she still speaks even though that she's in heaven. Amen. Amen. Her life made impact in my life, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. But let me just tell you something today. Your life can count. So here's the truth. Here's the thing I want you to get. The power of motherhood is not going to be found in grand displays of power or wisdom. The power of motherhood is in the daily, consistent interaction she has with her family. What seems trivial in the moment is often the very seeds that produce the greatest fruit later. That's what you have to understand. This is not a sprint. Motherhood is not a sprint. Can you say amen? Motherhood is a marathon. Amen. And it's going to make a big difference when you understand that. There is no doubt this morning in my mind that godly mothers change everything. Godly mothers change everything. And one of the greatest blessings in our lives is to have a godly mother. Can you say amen? But one of the greatest blessings that you could be is to be a godly mother to your children. So I want to look at a text today that's a little bit different, but I believe it does paint the picture. It's in 2 Timothy chapter 1, starting in verse 3. Paul is writing to young Timothy, and he says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded in you also. Now, that is a powerful portion of Scripture, and we need to get out of that what it's speaking for us today. And I want to elevate this morning the role of godly mothers by looking at the influence of a godly mother and a grandmother on a very well-known young man 
by the name of Timothy. The interesting thing about Timothy is commentaries and and people that study history tell us that Timothy, at the age of between 17 and 20 years old, and there's varying articles on this, is that it's quite possible that he pastored a church of 50,000 people in the city of Ephesus between the age of 17 and 20. That's just amazing to me. What were you doing at 17? (laughs) Here's young Timothy. He's the pastor of what would make megachurches look small. Amen. And, and he's pastoring in a time, in a season, in a culture when pastoring and being Christian was not favorable. I mean, this is an amazing thing. And here is Timothy and Paul's talking to him. In our text, we learn that Timothy's faith came to him through his grandmother, Lois, and his mother, Eunice. And Paul's preaching may have been used by God to bring Timothy to his actual conversion. But behind the preaching were years of godly influence by his grandmother and his mother. They sowed seeds into this young man's life that produced a great harvest. And the sincere faith of these godly mothers instructed Timothy in the earliest days of his life from the scriptures. Their example in Timothy's life shows us how we are to do this, how, how you and I as godly parents are to work with our children. And godly mothers, when they honor the word of God and they walk in faith, they influence their children in ways that will, the fruit of it will be eternal. Can you say amen to that? Listen to our text one more time. When I call to remembrance... He goes, what he's doing, he's saying, Timothy, I want to bring this up over and over and over again in your life. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith, I love that, that Paul uses this word genuine because that would indicate to me that there is something that's false. There can be a false or, a, or a, 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 an imposter. There can be a substitute or a, a, you know, a, a, a faith that's not real. But he says, I bring this to your remembrance, the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois, then in your mother Eunice, and now I'm persuaded in you also. One prime quality which stands out in godly mothers is genuine faith. Now, the word genuine in the Greek, it literally means irrevocable. It means without hypocrisy. It means unframed or not hypocritical. In other words, this genuine faith was unchangeable. It was immovable. It was real, and it was undisguised. This faith is totally out in the open, unmoved by circumstances, lasting the test of time. That's the kind of faith that exists in godly mothers. Now, I know you're probably sitting in this place and you go, well, that don't exist in me. No, it's there. It's there. It's in you. You go, no, you don't understand. You, you don't understand who I am, the difficulty I have faced. No, no, you don't understand who your God is. You don't understand what Jesus has done in you. You don't understand the deposit, the investment in your life. Let me tell you something, Mom. You've got it down. You've got it. Say that with me. I got it. it. Say it again. Now say it like you mean it. 
You got it. It's in you. Genuine faith is in you. You say, how do you know that? Because the Bible says God has given every man or every person the measure of faith. God has given you what you need. This is in you. What was in Lois and what was in Eunice and now is in Timothy, I guarantee you, is in you. Can you say amen? And I was thinking, and as I think about this kind of faith in these godly mothers, I, I can't help but to think about my own mother. And there's no doubt that my mom was a mom of genuine faith, sincere faith. And there is no doubt that her life impacted my life as a child. And it still does today. Her life still impacts me. And like I said, even though she's been in heaven now for 20 years, her life still speaks to mine, and you know what? To yours. Listen to me today. You say, why is that? Well, let me tell you something about my mom and dad. Both my mom and dad have passed. They were both Christians. They're both in heaven, and I'm really good with that. Do you understand that? I'm glad that they are there. Hallelujah. I love my parents, and I miss them, but you know what? If I had to choose a place for them to be, heaven is the good place. Amen. I'm glad they're with Jesus, and I'm, I'm okay with that. And, but somewhere along the line, when my parents got married, they were diagnosed shortly after marriage of not being able to have children. That was in 1959, 1960. Then my mom went to prayer. She began to pray. She began to lay a hold of the horns of the altar, as it were, and she began to talk to Jesus. And she said to God, She said, if you'll give me a child, I'll give that child back to you, much like the prayer of Hannah. And lo and behold, in 1965, here I came. I came into this world. My parents have never had any other children. I'm an only child. I was their blessing. Hallelujah. My life is the result of my mother's faith. Amen. And you know what? Sometimes that's hard to even live with. That sometimes that's like, wow, that's, that's rare air. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's like, I don't know if I could believe me in. I, you know, I don't know if I can even believe me to stay in. You know, and, I, and here she is. She's, she is believing God for a child, and God answers her, chair, her, her prayer. And in 1972, my dad was diagnosed with something called Addison's disease. And at that time, there was very little known. And my dad was in the hospital. In fact, there was a season for about nine months that he never came home. He was at the University of Michigan Medical Center in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And I remember back in those days, in the early 70s, they didn't let kids go up in the hospital. And and all of a sudden, one day, they're allowing me to go up to see my dad. And what I didn't know at the time is the reason they let me up is because they didn't think he was going to live through the night. They didn't, they didn't know that he was going to make it. And so they were, they were letting me go up to see him and to see him for one last time. But my mom got down on her knees and began to pray. And, and they came in at one point in time and they took his blood pressure. And he had no blood pressure. Zero. They couldn't find it. And they, they looked at him and said, Mr. Poole, how you doing? And my dad goes, I'm great. I feel great. And he goes, well, there's no blood flowing in your body. But hey, don't worry. Something was going on, and my mom had prayed. She said, don't take, don't take, I don't know what her prayer was, but it was intense. And you know what? Somehow he came through that. He came home. He ended up changing careers. He had to give up the business that he had owned, and then he went into teaching, had to go to school. And it was so funny because they, they decided to go to school. My dad decided he was going to go back to college and become a teacher, and he was sitting in the um, <clears throat> 
student center of Delta College in Saginaw, Michigan. And he's praying, and, and they're there. My mom and dad are there, and they're believing God. And my mom says, well, we don't have the money, but God does. Let's pray. And they begin to pray, and a man walked up to my mom and dad, sat down and says, hey, um, I just want you to know if you'll do this, this, and this, you'll have the money you need for all of your college. And so they went, did this, this, and this, and two weeks later, there was a check for $9,000 in the mail because of the faith of my mom. And my dad actually ended up becoming a school teacher. He got his bachelor's degree, went on to get his master's degree, and continued on. If he would have done a thesis, he would have had his doctorate. And he was a teacher. He was elected. He was uh, nominated, or, or I'm not even saying this right. He, was, he, was, uh, he won Teacher of the Year five years in a row. And that all started because my mom had faith to say, we can do this. God's got enough money. It's pretty powerful. When we moved out to Arizona, it was difficult. It was hard times. We didn't know what to do. But somewhere she found the best. I remember when, when my dad had his business, our Christmases were great. I remember waking up as a little kid, and I thought Santa had come, and he had filled the front room with presents. My wife says that I was spoiled. I wasn't spoiled. I was just the only one. <laughs> you know, she goes, did you have that toy? Yeah, I had that one. Did you have that one? Yeah, I had that one. You know, I, down the line, well, I didn't have to share with nobody. I was the only one. I had it all. And it was great. I love it. I recommend being an only child. Anyway, not, not really. That's another sermon. Anyway, but I, I do remember when we moved, we, we didn't have the money anymore. But my mom still made Christmas great. I mean, it was, you know, and I learned a hard lesson. I, I, I'm going to make a confession. I, I learned a hard lesson. This ain't even part of my sermon, but I, I feel like somebody needs to hear this. You know, when my mom died, Christmas died with her. My mom made Christmas live. And you know what? Last year, I was really struggling last Christmas. You know, we'd gone through COVID. I had just gotten over covid it was Christmas time, and you know, and every, you know, the family they all want to go look at the lights and all of that. And I'm like, ah, bah, humbug. Let's cancel this whole thing. Oh, I know it's Jesus's birthday, and I'm really glad. But we, you know, really, Jesus's birthday is more like in September. It's not in December, and there's not a big fat. What? Well, there's not Santa Claus. I mean. Anyway, you know, I'm just kind of bah, humbug. You know. I just don't want to do it. And, and I remember uh, Andy took me outside. Thank God for Andy. He took me outside. And he says to me, he looks at me and he goes, you know, you're making this kind of rough. I said, what? He goes, you know, Shay, the, the, the Christmas is Shay's favorite time of year. I said, well, good for her. <laughs> Sorry, Shay. <laughs> it's not mine. My mom made Christmas. My mom made Christmas. And my, and my son, thank God for the wisdom of my son, he goes, well, he goes, maybe you could take a page from your mom's life and make Christmas for your grandchildren. Yeah, you got it going on, bro. That was like a two by four right across the head. And you know what? My, I could hear my mom in the background going, Amen. And so I don't know what we're doing for next Christmas, but I'm going to figure it out. We're going to be, we're going to have fun. I, I don't know, maybe we'll get a Santa Claus and a train and a tree and I, maybe we'll go on a, I don't know what we'll do, but we're going to do something. Because that was the, that's how my mom lived. 
She trusted Jesus. Her faith and her relationship with Jesus made impact. She, in fact, she led me to the Lord. I remember we were, it was 1972, it was in that season where my dad was very sick. And we were sitting in a little church in Michigan in a little town called Merrill. We were at Merrill Wesleyan Church. Pastor Skinner was preaching. And he's pulling the altar call, asking people if they'd like to come to the altar to receive Christ. And my mom leaned over to me and she said, John, would you like to give your life to Jesus? And I said, yes. She said, do you know what that means? I said, yes, you ask Jesus to come into your heart, forgive, ask him to forgive your sins, and then you live for him. She goes, okay, would you like to go do that? And I said, I would. And she took me by the hand, and we walked down to the altars, got down on our knees, and we prayed. And my mom led me in a sinner's prayer. And here I am today. And you know what? That, that act, that seed has now gone all over the world. I've preached three times in Africa, once in the Philippines, and Hong Kong, been to Europe, Mexico, Mexico more times than I can count, all over the world, and then in this room today. And you know what? It's because one woman decided to believe God and to have faith. And the point is, she was not rich and famous. She never stood behind a pulpit, and though her life almost seemed to be unremarkable, it was anything but unremarkable. Because of her faith, because of her faith, her words are still being heard today. My life was made possible because of her faith. Her faith gave me the moral compass that I have today. The choices that I make, the decisions, the filter came in large part because of my mom. Her genuine, sincere faith made all the difference to me and to my dad and everyone who would ever know her because it's the power of genuine faith. And let me tell you something. Every mother and grandmother, every mother-to-be and every spiritual mother in this room today, your faith in Jesus, your love for him goes far beyond than what you may ever know. I know that my mom was proud of me, but I don't know that my mom knows everything that I've done and accomplished. She was gone before a lot of it. But I could tell you today, heaven has a record of it. And if there is communication between her and Jesus about me in heaven, I'm certain Jesus is telling her, your seeds are still paying off. They're still bearing fruit. And I encourage you today to never underestimate the power of your faith. Mom, your faith can change everything. Listen to me. Having genuine, sincere faith does not imply perfection. My mom was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it does imply a vital, real relationship with our Heavenly Father. And it was that kind of faith that dwelt in Timothy's mother and his grandmother and what dwelt in my mother. It was at home in them. They were comfortable with it. It was an everyday sort of thing. They walked in it. And it was a fundamental part of their identity. And because this morning of their faith, because of their faith, they had a certain level of confidence. See, they had a confidence to resist the world. 
How many know that the world is coming against our children and our families? The Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And let me tell you something, the thief wants to steal and kill in your life and in your family. But there's something about a mother that rises up and says, no, 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 ain't happening here. No, I guarantee you just hurt one of your children and see what, there's another personality comes out. There's something that changes. And a mother of faith will have the confidence to resist the world. See, godly mothers are strong in confidence to resist that world, to say, no, no, I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to believe for you. Your children may go sideways for a little while, but I guarantee you it's going to be hard for them to ignore the example of your life, and more importantly, it'll be hard for heaven to ignore the prayers of your faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, godly mothers aren't afraid to make a stand. They're not afraid to say, this is what's right. I remember my mom. My mom, my mom was a very uh, unassuming person. She was not loud and boisterous. She was not, she didn't have, you know, all of this opinion and make all the, you know, she, she wasn't a Karen. I hesitated to say that because if your name is Karen here, I apologize. <laughs> my mom was really a nice person. But I remember one time my mom, I, <laughs> I said something to my mom. Has anybody, I know Larry said something to his mom one day that ticked his mom off. I'm certain of it. More than once. I said something to my mom. And she was going to make a stand against the world in me. And she went, she actually went, and this is, now you got to remember, society's changed. Back in my day, you could slap your face. Which, how's that timeout thing work? Anyway, let's, that's another sermon. That's another sermon. I said something to my mom, and she went to slap me in the face. Well, I was a teenager, and I was, was cat like reflexes. So I grabbed her hand real quick, looked at her, smiled. She doubled up her left hand and punched me right in the face. About knocked me out. Uh, today, she'd be going to jail, but it was effective. Because then I, I just stood there stunned. It didn't really hurt, but I stood there stunned, and I got the idea. You ain't doing this. Because you're going to deal with Dad when he gets home. I'm off, man. I'm way off. I'm sorry. But she was resisting the world. She wasn't afraid to make a stand. She wasn't afraid to teach me the truth. She wasn't afraid to say, no, John, this is what's right, and this is what's wrong. I don't care what anybody else says. She taught me the word of God. She told me about Jesus. I remember being a little kid and being afraid, and she would sit me down, and she would look at me, and she goes, when you're afraid and don't know what to do, just say Jesus. And I'm telling you, I'm 55 years old, and I've pastored for 32 years, and there are days when I still go, Jesus. Because at seven, six, five, four, that's what I was being taught. And the power of that was in my life. They have the confidence to release their children. How many know it takes faith and confidence to be able to release your children into the very thing that you've been protecting them from? Sometimes we got to learn to let go. Somewhere my mom was able, I remember when, when my mom 
we were in Michigan, and my mom and dad, my dad got a job here in Kingman, and I had gotten accepted to Central Michigan University. That meant they were living here, and I was living there. And this is back before the days of cell phones. And the only way to communicate was by a collect call, and they had no money. So when I called collect, <laughs> I'll write you a letter, click. Because you remember you could say, you, you could hear the other people on the other end? <laughs> I would go, yeah, this is from John. My mom goes, I'll write you a letter. And she hung up. <laughs> that was great. That was, yeah, no, it's, it's not the days of texting and stuff weren't yet there. But you know what? She released me. She let me be me. But her faith was the thing that guided me. Because she had confidence in Jesus in me. Can you say amen? amen? She had the confidence to raise me, to, to, to stand against the morals of the day, the, the issues that were coming at us at that time. And she gave me a moral compass. I remember she taught me, she actually taught me how to do taxes. And I remember one time I was, I, I don't know why, I didn't owe nothing. I thought, oh, I'm just, I'm just not going to do this. I'm not going to put it in. She goes, no, no, no. She says, you tell the truth. I said, who's going to know? She goes, you are. You tell the truth all the time. You tell the truth when no one's looking. When it's just you listening, you tell yourself the truth, John. Don't lie. Don't get in the habit of fibbing. Don't take the shortcut. She says, I know it'll take longer and it may cost you more, but in the end, you will be at peace. And I guarantee you what you pay and the time it takes you to get there will be nothing compared to what you lose if you take the shortcut. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And she had the confidence to love me. Godly mothers have the confidence to love their children. Some of the earliest memories of my mom were of her reading the Bible to me, reading Bible stories, talking to me about Jesus. And you know, today, it's paid off. So how is it paid off? Well, today, all my children and my grandchildren are living for God. My son's wives are living for God, actively involved in ministry. My son's actively involved in ministry. My daughter just got home yesterday from three years of school for ministry. Engaged to be married, by the way. Yeah. And he is involved in the ministry. And you know what? Somewhere along the line, that seed that my mom planted has grown. And I so, I so much look forward to seeing that seed go through me and my children, and now I see it moving into my grandchildren. Generations. Because of a confidence that came from faith. You say, you might be here today and you say, you know, I don't know if I've done that. Well, let me say to you, it's, it's never too late, and here's how you can. 
Number one, a godly mother must grow in her own love of the Word of God. See, that's one of the things that my mom, I, I remember my mom reading her Bible all the time. She read her Bible. That was her compass. That was her decision-making mechanism. Like I said, she wasn't perfect. But what she did, she always came back to the Word. See, you cannot impart to others what you do not possess yourself. And so many times we make it so complicated. Well, I can't do that like you do. You're not supposed to do it like I do it. You're supposed to do it like you do it. Read the Word. If it's one verse, there's more power, inherent power, in one verse of Scripture than anything on the planet. Let God touch you. Find a love. Develop a love for the Word of God. Secondly, Godly mothers will use the Word of God to nurture their family. That's what she did. She nurtured me and my dad with the Word of God. Listen to 2 Timothy 3, 4 through 15 again. It says, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. That was his grandmother and his mother, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. That's the power of it. And you know what? A godly mother stands on every promise in the word of God. Listen to me, mom. I know it's a struggle. I watched my mom struggle. I watched sometimes my wife struggle. And I watch other mothers struggle. I know it's a struggle. But let me tell you, it's worth the struggle. And all you've got to do, find, find a promise. Find that word that is for you. Ask Jesus. Today, if you don't have it, go home and just say, Jesus, will you give me the promise you want me to stand on as a mom, as a grandmother? as a future mom, as a spiritual mother, as a woman that just wants to live life. Give me a promise that I can stand on. What is my promise? What is the word of God for me? And I'll tell you, he'll tell you. He'll tell you, and that word will touch your whole family. It'll change everything. Can you say amen? amen. Listen, as I close, the worship team can come. Some of Christians, greatest priest, preachers and theologians and missionaries, they owe their first fruits of their ministry not to their theological insights or their preaching abilities or their spiritual zeal, but instead to the faithful prayers of godly mothers. You know, today, I know it's been a relatively simple sermon, but let me encourage you today. Whether you're, if you're here today and you have been that godly mother, but you haven't felt like it has made a difference, let me assure you that it has made a huge difference. Let me assure you, your life, it will be eternity before you know the true impact. I know there are women in this place right now that sometimes you wonder, have I done enough? There's some even thinking that right now. And I say this by the Holy Spirit. There's some right now you're wondering, did I do enough? Because you're seeing challenges in your children and your grandchildren, and you're wondering, 
Did I do enough? I could tell you that if you have stood on the word, if you've been in love with his word and stood on that promise and you've endeavored, I'm not talking about perfection. Please don't go there. I'm talking about that you truly love God and said, you know what? I'm just going to love him. I'm just going to love my children. Then I'm going to tell you that it's going to make impact. There'll come a day. It, they might be 70 years old when they come to that revelation, but they will come to that place. They will come to that place where somewhere they respond to what you have planted in them. You cannot ignore it. And let me say this, if you're here today and you say, you know, Pastor, I, I don't even know if I've lived a godly life. Well, I don't care if you're a mother or a grandmother or where you're at in the spectrum of age. It's never too late. It's never too late. You could say, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm going to change this whole thing. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put Jesus first. See, the thing that I see in Timothy's grandmother and his mother is that they put God first. God meant something. They said, no, we're going to live this way. And it wasn't easy. It was difficult. So I, I, I don't want to look at you and say, oh, this is just going to be a bed of roses. It may not be. It may be very difficult. But it will not fail. It will pay off. It will pay off. Parents that are in this room today, you know what I'm saying when, when you say, you know what, I'd do anything for my kids. You know the feeling. You know that. I, it, it wouldn't matter. Back during winter, when, when we were in the winter, I think it was uh, sometime in January, February, they had a really bad snowstorm up in Reading. And Amy was going home from work and her car slid sideways and she got stuck and on top of a hill and was sliding. And she called me and it was like 1130 at night, which is just, I, she's screaming, crying. She goes, I'm going to get in a car wreck. And she's trying, and I'm like, okay, FaceTime me so I can see what's going on. I'm telling you, I was ready to get in the car and drive up there. I mean, I, I, it was done. It was like, okay, I'm getting in the truck. I'll be there here 12 hours. I'll be there. Stay put. Don't move. <laughs> Kathy's praying. She's because she's hearing all that. She's praying. Well, lo and behold, the faith of a mother. Two young guys come up and go, "Can we help you?" And she goes, "I don't know what to do." She goes, "Well, we'll get your car out of the road." They got her car out of the road. It had already been hit by another car, but we got Amy safe and. And everything and everything was good but I remember in that moment I remember the intensity of the feeling I would have done anything anything and you know what mom that that may that may not even be appreciated yet but there'll come a day there'll come a day when they'll stand in awe of you they'll stand and they'll call my mom made all the difference in the world. She made all the difference. I, I know there's moments in my life that I wish that if I could go back, that I wish I could go and tell her how much she did for me. So if let me say this. If your mom is alive, tell her. Go to her and say, you know what, Mom? All those little things that you did that no one noticed and no one paid attention to. 
I, I've got an awareness now. I realized you were sowing seed. You, you were watering a plant. And nobody thought the plant was worth it. And nobody even cared if it ever got watered, watered but you did. And you watered it. And you trimmed it and you nurtured it. And now it's bearing fruit. And you know what, Mom? That's because of you. And you know what, maybe, maybe you're in this place and I, I'm not unaware of this. Maybe you had a mom that was a little bit more difficult. Maybe if you went to your mom who's difficult and said, you know, Mom, I don't care about the past. Jesus is all about the future and I love you. I love you, Mom. I love you. Maybe those simple words, I love you, will penetrate deep enough into her heart to rearrange the hurt that exists in her the hurt and the neglect and the difficulty that she brought into this life. Maybe, maybe you going to her and saying, you know what, Mom? Huh, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for, wasn't for you. And I love you. And in the midst of all the chaos, you are still my mom. And you know what? I love you and I praise God for you. And I look forward to our future relationship. And I know today, church, that, that may take something. That, that may take you laying down some pride or maybe laying down a little bit of wounding. And I understand that that's difficult. But I'm going to tell you the healing power in that. Because Jesus is able to overcome it all. He's able to make a way. And that's what this is all about today. It's not just about the good and the bad. It's about the fact that this is the plan of God. And sometimes life gets in the way and sometimes hell mixes it all up. But let's not let the activity of the devil to define how we're going to live. I refuse that. I'm going to live by God's way. And his, his word says, you can look it up, 1 Corinthians 13, 8, love never fails. Never. So I challenge you. This Mother's Day, this Mother's Day, if you're a mom in this place, celebrate the gift that you are, the gift that you'll be. And if you have a mom that needs some help, go help her. It's okay. Can you say amen? You know what? Why don't we stand to our feet? We're going to close this service again in worship, and I believe Shay has some things that she wants to say. So what I wanted you, what I really felt pressed on, um, especially in the, when we were worshiping this morning, is that um, this is actually something we used to do with the youth, and we would um, just to kind of prepare them. But what I really want is that all of the women, whether you're a mom or not, to come up to the front and just fill this front space. If you need to sit on the front row or you can stand, just fill this front space. Don't be afraid, even if you're not a mom, just if you're a woman. is the men who are in the back. I want you guys to reach out your hands and I want you, it's almost like I want you to imagine surrounding them. Surrounding them, protecting them, supporting them while we pray. Jesus, right now. What I wanna, what I wanna pray over you guys is 
is that I feel, I know that there are times, that there are times when being a mom is hard. And it feels like, what am I doing? Am I doing anything right? Is anything going well? Lord, I can't do this anymore, but somehow you get up and you do it anyways. That sacrifice, God sees that. And he's so proud of you. He is so proud of you. I feel like each and every single one of you wants to look you in the face and say, good job, mama. You are a good mama. And sometimes we don't hear that enough and sometimes we don't say it enough, but God sees it and says, you are a good mama. And right now, right, even if you're not a mom, there is somebody in your life that you are supporting, that leans on you, that looks at you for that comfort and learning how to do things and, and teaching them how to, how to be loved. So there is somebody in your life that you are mothering and I know that you're making an imprint on their life. And so when we sing this song, it talks about like a legacy. And so, so when, what I, what I want you guys to put your kind of minds on is that God, even when we feel like we can't, like, like Pastor Poole was saying was, is the love of a mother. Even when we say we can't do this anymore and somehow we do it, that's the love of God flowing through us onto our children and the people around us. And that creates a legacy, a lineage. And so when we're singing this song, I want you to just declare God's presence over you. We know we can't do this by ourselves. We know we haven't been perfect, but God says, I am so proud of you. Let me love you. Not that, that strength is from me. Let me give you my strength. Let me love you. And right now, I just feel like some of us just need to rest in his presence, rest in his comfort. And whatever that heavy thing on your heart, when we're saying, when we're declaring amen, I just want you to lift it up. Whatever it is, whether it's a child coming back to the Lord, getting saved in the first place, a difficult situation in their life, I just want you to put that on your heart and amen. Amen, it is finished. Amen, it is done. Jesus, right now.
be gracious to you. The Lord turned his face towards you.
pray for them and pray with them and believe for each other. So right now, Jesus, we thank you so much for these mothers, spiritual mothers, mothers-to-be. Jesus, we just thank you for the heart of a mother, God. And we just pray that your love fills them, Lord Jesus, that they know that they are enough. They know that they are doing a great job and that you love them. that you are for us, God. Lord, we love you so much. In your precious name, amen. So if you feel like you want to stay back and you need prayer for something or you didn't get everything figured out or worked out, our prayer team will be here. You can talk to any of the people on stage or on staff. And we love you guys and happy Mother's Day. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.